right, so Ian Sagstetter here from Graphite Systems. I've got our CEO, Conrad Smith, on the line. Conrad, how are you doing today? I'm good, thanks, Ian. Good to talk to you. Yeah, even though we, we spoke probably like 10 minutes ago about, about something else, RE Graphite, but yeah, good to catch up again. Um, a little bit of a crazy time we're in, you know, working from home and everything. So I guess if you want, I, you or I can, we can just give people a high level overview of what this less friction, more business podcast is going to be about and what they can expect and, and what kind of why we kicked it off during this time. Do you want to take the lead on that? Maybe I could do it. Um, sure. I'll just make a few comments and maybe you can jump in as well. So, yeah, for sure. you know, less, less friction, more business is our motto. It really defines what we're trying to do. Kind of a, kind of a motto that defines the vision or, or vice versa, but there's so much friction tied up in business in these, you know, weird kind of dumb things that we have to do. Um, and everything, all of them aren't dumb, but sometimes the, the key requirements that we have to go execute on end up being implemented in ways that, that just cause us to waste time in dumb ways. Um, we've got to get rid of that friction and, and, uh, and that gets us back to business, right? So we can focus on what really adds value for our, for our own business, for, you know, for the customers that we support, the internal stakeholders, whoever they might be. So we're looking, you know, in the podcast itself, we're looking for great uh, people with great uh, experiences and an opportunity to kind of share what they've been through and ideas to to make things better for all of us. It's uh, learning and growing is really an important part of what we need to do. And, and probably now more than ever, as we're sitting at home, kind of isolated from everybody else, um, we need to amp that up and learn and grow and, and continue to invest in making our business work better. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that really covers any, anything I would have to say. Just to that last point, you know, working from home and during this kind of weird time where COVID-19 is kind of shut down, essentially like any in-person, face-to-face engagement that you have in the workplace, you know, I think getting these types of messages out while people have a little bit more time, schedules are probably freed up a little bit. And also, you know, people are going to be scrolling on LinkedIn a little bit more when they get bored. So I think it's a it's a good thing to kind of throw out there during this time. But yeah, I mean, you said speaking to people who have you know, extensive experience in various areas, the topic we're going to cover today, you know, how can we avoid delays associated with third-party risk during the onboarding process? So this is more of a procurement compliance, third-party risk assessment specific topic. You've dealt a lot with this in your career because you've dealt a lot with procurement on the operational side during your time at Adobe. So I guess the first question I have for you, like these delays associated with third-party risk, are they even avoidable? Um, or maybe before we even get into that, can you just kind of go over how third-party risk assessment and procurement are even integrated during this process and how they work together? Yeah, sure. And I guess I'd say for for some organizations, this idea of third-party risk is, hasn't even entered into the kind of their their transformation or, or into their maturing cycle, right? So. Um, uh, those of you know those folks that are working in smaller teams, kind of a younger organizations, um, this might this might sound like a whole bunch of stuff you don't need to worry about. I'd say it's worth listening in and thinking about these things, and and maybe taking a lean approach and and harvesting you know these ideas, figuring out how to integrate some of these ideas into the into your early business because they do matter. I mean, you can see right now. Um, how much scrambling is going on across the world just to figure out, you know, where, where, how deep the supply chain goes into areas where, you know, it can no longer be supported because of things that are going on with this pandemic. Um, 
But you know, traditionally, I would say it, it is really important that this third-party risk and understanding suppliers is a very important part of onboarding suppliers. Um, you know, often what we really what, what's really required from a systems perspective is the commercial data, the name, the address, the bank, the tax, the W-9, that information. Everybody in any organization of any size really has to collect that information in order to pay their suppliers and report taxes properly. And then as the organization matures a little bit uh, um, and hires somebody you know, in the legal team to be in charge of data privacy or somebody in the corporate social responsibility team to be in charge of sustainability, um, generally, there's somebody in the legal team responsible for ethics and integrity, compliance, those kind of items, or IT, cybersecurity. Um, these are all really important things for any organization to pay attention to in today's world more than ever, right? I mean, you can't ignore privacy and security. The, the, the risk to your organization to have a data breach and not be prepared for it is, is pretty high. And organizations that are in, or, or privacy problem, right? Uh, privacy data breach. Um, the, the risks there are high and, and people can and should be paying attention to those things and that means those organizations are coming back to procurement asking procurement to you know don't onboard a supplier um, until we get the chance to evaluate the supplier for those particular risks that should happen and it's kind of in some ways it, it's unavoidable and it should be because we, we you know we do need to do our part there um, but you know I'd also add that it we can be smart about how we do these things, right? There's mm -hmm. sometimes we over rotate and really push the pendulum all the way out to, you know, to one extreme and, and, and we do kind of more than, or we ask for more and we build a process that's more than needed. And, and sometimes even those processes become so complicated that the, that the complication of the process distracts from what we're trying to accomplish anyway, right? So a simple process that's really focused on what you're trying to accomplish is far more effective than, you know, than maybe over rotating on these things. Okay, no, that totally makes sense. So I'm gonna piggyback, piggyback off one of the things you said there. You said if, if, and if a company has a data breach or some, some risk type issue occur, you know, let's say that does, let's, instead of an if, what if that becomes an actuality at a large, you know, enterprise organization? What are the consequences that can potentially derive from that? And why, and maybe why should companies pay even more attention because of said consequences? Well, I, I mean, I don't want to, I won't go too, and I'm not an expert to go deep into like, you know, legal issues and a whole bunch of other stuff other than to say, you know, if, if, it's often, in fact, if you look back at the news, often it's a third party that's created these issues in the organization, mm -hmm. um, the weak points. So um, there's an investigation to understand where, where it broke and how it broke, and that usually trickles its way back to a third party, to a supplier where there was a weak point in the process. And then all eyes are back on procurement. Like, why did you bring that supplier in? You know, what's going on? How did we make sure that wouldn't happen? And, and that's, that's sort of fair. I mean, it's sort of fair and sort of unfair, but um, but that's our responsibility. I mean, it's procurement's job to bring in suppliers that are, you know, high value and meet the needs and requirements of the organization. So ahead of those things, it kind of feels like, hey, we're wasting time. You know, we got to get this project going. Um, but in hindsight, you would always go back and say, well, geez, I would have done way more due diligence on that supplier if I would have realized what kind of risk they were bringing to the organization. And so, you know, yeah, we, we sure. do need to do that. We need to stop and, you know, in the job, we need to stop and assume worst case scenario, what's going to happen 
how do we quickly understand what that is? What's the probability and impact of something going wrong with a supplier? You know, how could they derail things for us on the, you know, across the rest of our business? Um, but we've got to have a process that can do that quickly, right? You can't, you, an organization can't afford to spend weeks and weeks or months doing investigations. You know, it's got to be more of a quick, uh, of a quick triage, right? There's a lot of companies that we work with that are going to be low risk. And we got to be able to quickly filter through those low risk situations and then dial in on the suppliers and then invest more effort, more time um, on those suppliers where there's high risk um, of a problem. Yeah, no, I, that, that completely makes sense. And kind of, again, piggybacking off what you said, it sounds that if you're spending too much time assessing this risk, then people from the procurement or let's say like a mark, the marketing team wants to buy a solution to streamline X process. They're going to get frustrated because it's taking so long to, you know, do the assessment and then that's going to fall on procurement. But if they don't do it and then some risk gets associated with it in the end, then it falls back on procurement. So it seems like procurement's kind of in this awkward position where they're always the bad guy. Is, it, is that, is, yeah, I mean, I mean that's how it, that's how it feels sometimes. Kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Because if you yeah. jump in and, and do this stuff, you can kind of slow it. You know, it starts slowing it down. But if you don't, then you know you're going to be kind of the scapegoat at the end. And and you know, there's a lot of things in life that are like that 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 kind of make you wish you were in a different role. But but I I look at it a little differently. I think that's a great opportunity, right? We we are in, a, in procurement are in a terrific place to add value to the organization to understand and recognize these possible, you know, challenges, um, risks, and even or opportunities and, and to do something about them where often the business owner is blind to those things because of the, you know, the timeline and the crunch that they're under. But I want to reiterate what I said. I mean, the answer here isn't to take a bunch of time on everything. We have to, you have to be really dynamic or, you know, flexible and, and triage and focus in where the risk really is. You can't do okay. a peanut butter approach and treat every supplier the same. Okay. So how do you, within that process, not treating every supplier the same, like how do you streamline the risk assessment process for some suppliers that come through that you would, that you potentially deem low risk and how do you determine which ones would be high risk that kind of deserve a little bit more of a manual review? Yeah, that's a good question. So if you, Kind of traditional risk management always takes you back to looking at risk based on two dimensions. One is probability. So what's the probability of something going wrong and what's the impact of something going wrong? Because it's kind of the blend of those two things that is going to determine where you need to invest most of your time. I mean, the probability of your landscape provider, you know, creating a data breach for you is really, really low. I mean, the impact of a data breach, that's really high, but the probability of that coming from your landscape provider, that's really low, um, yeah. right? So kind of mapping your, your, and not, you know, not even thinking at it on a per supplier basis, just think about the types of suppliers that we deal with. And this is how most companies do it, right? They're saying, well, if the supplier has access to our, our employee data or to our customer's data, then the, the probability of, of something going wrong from a data privacy perspective is higher, is high enough that we're going to do something about it. Of course, the impact is really big if you have a breach of personal data. And, you know, you can think about that, you know, it, what's the probability if somebody's washing windows on your building that 
something could go wrong. Well, the things that are going to go wrong in that situation are probably safety problems, right? Maybe they're going to fall off their ladder or fall off the rope or whatever they're doing, right? So different suppliers that are doing different things for your organization bring different risks. And you can look at that at a type of supplier, a spend category perspective, identify the risks that matter given that situation, and then adjust, adjust your evaluation of those suppliers, you know, as they come through the process and not just initially when you onboard them, but also through the life cycle of, of doing business with them. Okay. That makes sense. And, and going off of that, how do, how do organizations, let's say they don't have a specific solution. Well, look, first, before I even ask that, do organizations have specific solutions typically in place that solve this problem of determining which supplier, um, needs a higher level of risk assessment? Well, in, in my experience, um, as a company matures, they end up hiring somebody to be in charge of a particular risk, right? So, you know, the head of engineering, the, the CTO or the CIO or somebody's gonna hire somebody to be in charge of security. And, you know, that person then begins to look at tools or technologies or processes in order to get their job done. And that's, and, and that's going to be, you know, I talked about people in privacy or somebody in IT cyber or somebody in sustainability or, you know, there's all different types of risks. Um, the challenge is often those individuals start coming up with solutions in a vacuum. And there's third-party solutions that are out there that touch on these various risk areas, you know, and expertise in those. But often what that means is that the, the company's approach to managing those risks with suppliers becomes pretty fragmented. So I typically see um, the procurement and AP team onboarding suppliers with commercial data. And then the, these other organizations say, but, you know, stop, you know, we need to send an email with an attachment or, you know, some other process out to the suppliers to have them, you know, complete a separate survey or do some other assessment. And it's, di it's disconnected from the overall procurement process. That's one of the biggest problems because the disconnectedness of it all makes it really hard to manage as well as get a you know an end-to-end -end view of what risks are we looking at and then when it's all done even having a holistic view of what risk exists with a particular supplier okay so what recommendations would you put in place for a procurement team or risk team to make this process less fragmented and make it a little bit more streamlined than it currently is well, I, I guess I would say as a, as a really important starting point is, is to not run away from this, right? It's because it's this no-win situation, it's easy, to, it's easy to sort of try and dodge the bullet as long as you can. Like, I can't win here, so I'm just going to kind of ignore it, and I'm going to fight back and, you know, not build it into my process. If you're a procurement leader um, and your organization's at a level of maturity that these risks are being managed, then you need to take ownership of them, right? There's not... It's unlikely that you have a vendor risk management office, somebody who's bringing it all together, but it's the procurement process that, that does bring it all together. So step up and take responsibility for that. Get all of the risk leaders across the organization or these different processes that have risk, get them together and start mapping out what, what's needed, what's going on and how, how we're gonna work together, right? Because without doubt, um, it, could, it can really derail business and slow it down particularly when all this is done in a fragmented way, last thing you want to do is have this be serial, like we'll get this thing done and then we'll do this thing and this thing done and then we'll do that thing. And then it takes like three months to get anything done in the company. And no, no company can survive with that kind of friction.
So, you know, take ownership, understand what the company really needs. Um, make sure that, you know, as you sit down with these different risk owners, you, everyone kind of comes together, kind of takes off, you know, they represent their own risk area, but, but also look at it holistically from a company perspective. So by the time you add everything up in terms of what are we asking of our suppliers that you eliminate redundancy, you eliminate as much time and waste from the process and, and really narrow in, like I said earlier, that it's unlikely that by if you over rotate or if any of these risk areas over rotate, they go do they go too deep or they take too long across the board on everything, then it really will distract from the ability. What, what's got to happen is when there is a, when there when there are cases where risk needs to be mitigated, that needs to be clear and it can't be hidden and kind of um, camouflaged by all of the operational noise around it. Right, sort of the red flag goes up. Okay, that's where we need to focus and rally our resources. Um, instead of just, you know, I don't know, it's, it's just too easy to get lost. There's just so much to do. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, I mean, if you, if it is very easy to get lost after that point where the procurement team or whoever within this position says like, Hey, we need to get together and, and outline our operational processes that are going to help improve efficiency here in like this entire risk assessment sphere. Um, are there any other further individual I guess, or one-off things that teams could do to make this a little bit easier, or is it really just kind of defining the process and not avoiding it is ultimately the one thing that needs to be done to kind of make this, you know, go by quicker and a little bit easier? Well, I'd say that, you know, I, we could, we could talk for another 30 minutes or so about a lot of details about where we could go, but I would say that the, that it's critical to not not shirk the responsibility or hide from it, but to step up and embrace it. Be that leader for the company that's going to manage risk for the supply chain, for the suppliers. And it's not always just direct suppliers, it's indirect suppliers as well. All of these suppliers that we're doing business with are bringing risk of one aspect or another, and it's important to understand what those things are. That doesn't mean that we're going to implement some massive end-to-end, -end, slow everything down. You know, it's more of what matters for our business based on the the needs that our business has right now so that we can invest at that level by being a leader at that level and having those conversations, you know, those conversations are inevitably going to need lead to improvements in the process, you know, both in terms of being more effective and identifying the risks that matter that we need to mitigate as well as getting rid of wasted time in the process and getting rid of this friction. You know, it, it, it doesn't do much to, step up and be a leader and not have it go down that path. And, and I think most real leaders are going to carry it that direction. Of course, there's technologies out there. Um, you know, you know what we do at Graphite and, and ours is a great one to help with, with these problems. Um, but the first step is really taking ownership and, and deciding to lead and make things better and being committed to get rid of the friction. Okay, great. Well, that's a, that's a lot of really valuable insight there. And, you know, with me being, you know, new to this whole risk management procurement compliance sphere, a lot of it, like, transparently was kind of over my head, but I'm sure that there's a lot of stuff in there that current, you know, people within that, within that work environment would really appreciate. Um, and kind of to wrap it up there, I don't want to take too much of your time. You know, the episodes to follow, you know, we're hoping to host some pretty exciting guests that have a lot of insight into specific spheres. If you want to maybe dive a little bit more into that, kind of the future of where this podcast and what, what direction it's going to go. I mean, you know, because as much as as much as people would love to hear us chat all day, there, we do need to bring a little bit different perspective. 
Yeah, well, and, and I don't want it to, you know, with this podcast, it won't just be us. I've invited, I've already invited a handful of my uh, friends with, in, that are in leadership roles from, you know, CEOs of, you know, giant tech companies um, to various roles across organizations, uh, primarily from a procurement to supply chain perspective. Everyone's really excited about the podcast and wants to sort of jump in and help out um, in today's kind of in today's world of, of COVID work from home, we'll have, you know, I'd like to have some topics in here about how to do this more efficiently. If this goes on for months, I mean, we're, we're all going to have to figure out how to stay sane uh, without the normal human interaction that we get uh, while at the same time, you know, doing our very best to be productive and keeping business moving. This is, unfortunately, this looks like it's going to have a giant economic impact and, and maybe the best way we can all individually help minimize that impact is by individually keeping our jobs moving forward and keeping our companies moving forward. So we, we just can't let all of our companies come, you know, down to, you know, down to a slow moving, you know, halt. Like we've got to keep business going and, and that will help us as we all come out of this recovery together. So anyway, lots of different sure. topics. I've got lots, lots of different ideas in terms of, you know, how, how do I work from home um, and stay efficient um, and effective as an individual uh, you know, I've tapped into a couple of leaders that are looking at that from a leadership level. How do I keep my team working, you know, being aligned and working together? Um, you know, how, how can I look at supply chain? What are the learnings from all of the, um, the COVID um, impacts to supply chain? You know, what can we learn and what, what can we do going forward? There's just a lot of different uh, really interesting things we can talk through. So really uh, excited about uh, about listening to what my colleagues and, and friends have to say and and also really interested in the feedback from you know across the network you know what are what are people facing and what would people like to hear about okay great well I'm really excited to see where it goes um, I think that that's all the time we've got here so just gonna wrap it up and say Conrad appreciate your time and appreciate the insight um, around third-party risk and the supplier onboarding process and looking forward to seeing where this goes all right. Thanks, Ian. Bye. Awesome.